Thank you. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M., Friday morning, Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. Uh, Odcha done by David Gabe, words from Hallel, Hodu Hashem, Yehuda Green, words from Hallel. Miami Boys with Yala Viavo, words from the Shmona Esrei for Rosh Chodesh. Don't forget Yala Viavo today. Orech Yamim, that was Michal Przansky, Yonatan Sheinfeld, Rafana, as we pray for the Speedy recovery of those who need a recovery, and there are many, many, many who need a recovery. And it seems every day we are learning of more and more people in our community who are falling victim to this deadly, deadly enemy. And um, Rafana, we pray for Rafushlema for all. And Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Friday on this April 24th, the 30th of Nissan, the year 5780, Tuf Pei. Today is day number 15 in the counting of the Omer, two weeks in one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Rosh Chodesh ER, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. It's Rosh Chodesh today and tomorrow. Don't forget Yalav Yavo. Don't forget Half Hallel. Uh, there is a special Torah reading, and again, those who... Uh, uh, want to be careful about keeping up with Torah readings, um, uh, make sure to uh, uh, either read the Torah portion to yourself or to make sure on Shabbos to do Shnai Mikrav Echad Targum. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. And that would be the way you'd be keeping up with the Parshios. Um, on this Erev Shabbos Parshas, Tazria and Mitzorah, double Parsha, uh, Tazria and Mitzora. Candle lighting time in New York, 725. Again, that's 725 in uh, New York City. Pirkei Avos is up to Perek Bet. Tuesday is our Yom HaZikaron Israel Memorial Day special. Wednesday is our Yom HaTzma'ut Israel Independence Day special. Make sure you are tuned in here at JM in the AM. 44 degrees, 93% humidity. Winds in north at 13 miles per hour. Rain today with a high of 51. Then tonight, Partly cloudy, a low 42. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high 62 degrees. I think it's good that we're expecting rain on Sunday here, frankly. <laughs> Whatever needs to be done to keep people indoors for a few more days. Uh, as we hope and pray that all this indoor stuff is going to help completely get rid of this virus. Um, in Yerushalayim, I hear it's raining. 70 and raining uh, on April 24th. Wow. And they're expecting some rain tomorrow morning on Shabbos as well. That'll be a challenge for some of the outdoor minyanim. Uh, 70 in Yerushalayim, 44 here in New York City. Yeah, outside minyanim in Israel, folks. That's what I meant. 44 here in New York City as we say good morning and a guten chodesh at JM in the AM. So, yes, it's Rosh Chodesh ER, and uh, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better kosher supermarkets nationwide check out and enjoy 
A&H today. Uh, Shlomo Katz, 30 minutes from now. We're going to check in with Shlomo Katz 30 minutes from now. No doubt he'll have some words of inspiration. Um, 740, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us for the weekly update. Um, Rabbi Yudin with words about Tazria and Mitzorah coming up at 8.15. Brand new edition of Table for Two coming up at 9 o'clock. Erev Shabbos Show, brand new edition, sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem, hosted by Mark Zamek, coming up at 10 a.m. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's all coming up at, uh, that's all coming up, um, uh, all through the day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Saturday Night Siegel with Avrami tomorrow night. Matis with JM Sunday live at 7 a.m. Sunday morning. We, we've got so much unbelievable live programming, I'll tell you. And and now, of course, the, the greatest compliment, we're being picked up constantly. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, our Yom HaZikaron and Yom Hatzmut specials being picked up again by the World Mizrahi Virtual Beit Midrash. We look forward to reaching their audience again. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Keep, keep helping us grow, everybody. Support us here by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Also, keep in mind, uh, it is difficult these days to find or get an opportunity to say Kaddish in memory of somebody on a yard site, etc. Uh, one of the things you could do, certainly in their memory, is to sponsor Rabbi Goldwasser and or Rabbi Yudin's uh, Torah Thoughts here at JM in the AM. Just go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and click on sponsorship opportunities, and um, we look forward to helping you commemorate the memory of those whose uh, memory you'd like to commemorate. 23 minutes before 7 o'clock, JM in the AM, Friday, Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos. Keep it right here at the Nachum Siegel Network.
Let's say Oh, 
We'd like to thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, a time for music, number 22.
Overture from Hask, a time for music 22. Osis Shalom from our friends at Waterbury before that. Ritzay, that was the original Aish. With A.B. Rottenberg and Shlomo Simcha. Mimkomcha, of course, the great Yankee Lemmer. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JMNAM. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Hazria, and Mitzorah. Candlelighting at 725. Today is Rosh Chodesh ER. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including uh, Half Halal, Yalav Yavo, Musaf, etc., Today's day 15, the counting of the Omer, two weeks in one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. And today is, of course, or right now, I should say, we are at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Tuesday, Yom HaZikaron. Wednesday, Yom HaTzmood. Both are specials live between 6 and 9. Myself, Mayor Weingarten, will bring them to you. Yom Ha'atzmaut, Wednesday, Yom HaZikaron, this coming Tuesday, Israel Memorial Day. Join us for a uh, two days of incredible specials here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, it is Rosh Chodesh today, and it's Rosh Chodesh tomorrow on Shabbos. Don't forget, Ritzay and Yalaviavo. Rain in New York with a high of 51, 70 right now in Yerushalayim, 44 here in New York City. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next. Shlomo Katz coming up at JM and the M. מספרות מכוני יופי וחנויות רחוב ייפתחו החל בשבוע הבא. בישיבת הממשלה המקוונת שנערכה היום, אישרו השרים את פתיחת חנויות הרחוב, המכונים והמספרות, כולם עם מגבלות שנועדו לשמור על בריאות הלקוחות ובעלי העסקים. עוד אושר איסוף עצמי של מנות ממסעדות. עם זאת, לא בוטלו מגבלות המרחק. התקנות החדשות ייכנסו לתוקף החל במוצאי שבת בחצות. כמו כן, הממשלה אישרה תוכנית לסיוע מורחב לעצמאים ולעסקים קטנים בסכום של 8 מיליארד שקלים. התוכנית כוללת בין היתר מענק השתתפות בהוצאות קבועות שעשוי להגיע עד 400 אלף שקל לעסק, ופעימה שנייה של המענק לעצמאים בגובה של עד 70 אחוז מההכנסה ועד 10,500 שקלים. ידיעה שריכזו כתבינו מוריה אסרף, וולברג וניתאי הנביא. חברת התעופה ההונגרית ויזר הודיעה כי תחדש את פעילותה מ-1 במאי בהדרגה מווינה לכ-20 יעדים ברחבי העולם, בהם תל אביב. בשלב הראשון יופעלו בקו שתי טיסות שבועיות. גם על איטליה הודיעה מוקדם יותר על חידוש טיסותיה מרומא לתל אביב ב-1 ביוני ותפעיל טיסה יומית. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מציינת שבין החברות הנוספות שהודיעו על חידוש הקו לנמל התעופה בן גוריון, British Airways, Air Canada ו-Delta. ג'ו ביידן, המועמד המסתמן של המפלגה הדמוקרטית בבחירות 2020, מעריך שהנשיא טראמפ ינסה לדחות את ההצבעה כדי לחזק את סיכוייו להיבחר שוב. הבחירות אמורות להתקיים בעוד קצת יותר מחצי שנה, בשלושה בנובמבר. תרשמו את זה, אומר ביידן, אני חושב שהוא הולך להזיז את הבחירות איכשהו עם איזה צידוק שמסביר למה הן לא יכולות להתקיים, אמר באירוע גיוס כספים שנערך באינטרנט לנוכח המגבלות על ההתקהלויות. זו הדרך היחידה שהוא חושב שיש לו סיכוי לנצח, כך ביידן. 
מזג האוויר היום תחול עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות ויעשה חם מהרגיל. בצפון הארץ ייתכן גשם מקומי קל, ובמשרד להגנת הסביבה מתריעים כי משעות הצהריים צפוי לשרור אובך כבד בנגב ובערבה, שיביא לזיהום אוויר גבוה. כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו מוסר כי מדובר על שקע שרבי עמוק הגורם לרוחות הזאת המביאות אבק מסיני לישראל, לנשים בהיריון ולאוכלוסיות בסיכון. מומלץ שלא לקיים פעילות גופנית בחוץ, אלא החדשות. JM in the AM Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos. It is Rosh Chodesh today, keep that in mind. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including uh, Half Hallel, Yalav Yavo, uh, Musaf, don't forget. As we continue to daven at home, I want to make sure everybody remembers what to say. <laughs> Uh, so whatever your Nusuch calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning, today is Rosh Chodesh. It'll also be Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, to so keep that in mind. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a different Musaf tomorrow with Atayot Sarta and obviously half Hallel uh, tomorrow for Rosh Chodesh. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Metzorah, candle lighting at 725 in the New York area. Tuesday is our Yom HaZikaron special. Wednesday is our Yom HaTzmaut special. Make sure to be tuned in. Well, we told you that Shlomo Katz would join us this morning for a few words of inspiration on this Rosh Chodesh ER. And sure enough, live from the Holy Land, it is the one and only Shlomo Katz. Shlomo, shalom, shalom. Happy Rosh Chodesh and welcome back to JM in the AM. Chodesh Tov, a good Shabbos. It's a, I feel like I'm coming back home. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Back home. <laughs> you've had, let, let's start with a couple of interesting things that you've had over the last couple of weeks. First of all, obviously with the holiday of Pesach, I'm so curious about uh, your Seder. I don't know if it was much different, because I don't know if normally you have, you know, mostly just family or not in a regular year. Uh, but was it much different this year? And was your Seder itself, uh, the way it was conducted or how late it went, was it much different during this very challenging year? Yeah, like everyone, much, much different. And on the one hand, by far, Mechila, Mami and Abba, if you're listening, this was definitely the highest Seder of my life, <laughs> just with my children. Um, and on the other hand, by far the most heartbreaking Seder I ever had in my life, Boy. because I looked at my children's eyes, deep into their eyes, when we opened the door, and that sense of disappointment is something that hasn't left me. That, that look in their eyes, when we opened the door for Eliyahu Navi. So... We got really deep into it from that moment on. Wow. You know, it's funny because you just reminded me, as usual, when you say anything, it reminds me of, of a few different things when it comes to uh, our tradition. You just reminded me of, of why we open the door because, uh, you know, kids often ask, and I think adults would also ask, you know, Leo and Avi doesn't need the door to be open in order to arrive, but we have to okay. go and be proactive. We have to go and open the door for him. And I can imagine, right. as you described the disappointment, what that's like. And it's also interesting that you say the best. I know you didn't say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way: the best seder ever, but yet again, the most heartbreaking seder ever, which is, which is interesting. You also reminded me of somebody who literally was alone, because his wife happened to be in Israel around Purim time, and and whatever you know, circumstances kept people in in different places, as we know, over the last few weeks. So he literally, he literally was alone, and he said, you know. I, I love collecting Haggadahs, so I spent, you know, Pesach with Rav Aaron Cutler, and I spent Pesach with Rav Palm, and I spent Pesach with Shlomo Kalbach, and I'm sure you could appreciate that. Wow. <laughs> All through the different Haggadahs that people have. 
what do we know? And what do we know is right. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about in terms of interesting things over the last few weeks. Look, you you are uh, you are one of the uh, one of the people that people love to have this social relationship with. They like to travel with you. You go to uh, different places, uh, uh, Russia, Europe, etc. People like to travel with you. People love going to your shul. Uh, they love being with you when you're singing and leading Hallel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and obviously, that can't happen under these circumstances. But it does seem to me, nonetheless, that you are presenting some very interesting shiurim and some very interesting musical presentations. And I'm wondering if you're feeling at all fulfilled by those under these circumstances. Beyond fulfilled. By far, this has been the busiest time I've ever had in my life. Wow. Without a shadow of a doubt. And it's Sphira. Right. It's crazy. This is the busiest time we've had because, remember, Nachum days are coming, right? Yep. But the hunger won't be for bread, and the thirst won't be for water, but to hear the word of Hashem. But there's a hunger. There's such a hunger right now. And the Rebbe Shalom created Zoom just for us, Yidlach, to stay close <laughs> to each other. There is a tremendous hunger. So we've been really tuning in to a whole world of people. And like you said, they've been both um, fascinating sh- series of shiurim, as well as some really, uh, what I feel like the luckiest kid in the world, some amazing collaborations with my Rebbe, Rev Moshe Weinberger, and his Gala of Eish Kodesh. Right. As well as some very interesting musical collaborations, I, I'm very excited about uh, a bunch of things that we, we've done and that we will do on, on, on Lagba Omer. Uh, I mean, this never happens because of the matzah, but my brother, myself, and Yosef Karduner are doing uh, Lagba Omer together this year. How? <laughs> <laughs> because we because we can. <laughs> Meaning, there, there's so many things going on, but it's because there is a hunger for people to connect the field in Hashanah. And we just hope and pray that we, we're, we're tuning into the right channels and listening to what people, listening to ourselves while we're doing it. Amazing. Shlomo Katz with us from Israel. Erev Shabbos. It is Rosh Chodesh morning. We'll talk about Halal in a minute, everybody. Don't worry. Um, you know, we, we are now reading and, and seeing online about uh, the restrictions that are in Israel. And obviously there are ways now to make minyanim in Israel. Uh, under the uh, under the proper guidelines, etc. Do you have any clue how close you are to your shul and Efrat reopening? No, because the guidelines are actually changing by the day. They they kind of open them and then they close them. Mm. They opened them this week, but they already told us all not open the shuls. Meaning right. they they Minyan. relaxed the guidelines, and now they're saying 19 people mashukaze in an open area, two meters apart from each other. But they already told, they already said, but for Yom Ma'ut, there's going to be a complete seger, a complete uh, lockdown again. So that's going bye-bye. And I guess the uh, the the um, logic there is that they're afraid on Yom Ma'ut of people just going outdoors and spending too much time together, etc. Oh, yeah. Listen, yeah, everyone knows. Eretz Yisrael, Yom Ha'zikaron, Yom Ma'ut are days that are just filled with people having a dire need to be with each other, rightfully so, rightfully so, so definitely that's that. But you also have Lagba Omer coming up, right. you have Yom Yerushalayim. I mean, these are the days where Am Yisrael is out, 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 and the Rebona is staying, is saying, stay, stay close, stay in, stay in. So I think the, I mean, the guidelines keep on changing, that's the truth. 
Shlomo Katz with us from Israel. All right, today's Rosh Chodesh. I guess normally, and, and uh, when I first contacted you, I think that was the thought. We were thinking of a Hallel service, and we were wondering, without music, with music, it's it is sphere, it's not sphere. People are telling me this is actually one of the uh, one of the erev Shabbatot during sphere that everybody agrees one can shave because it's erev Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. So right. so maybe today's a little different. Whatever it is, we did decide certainly to acknowledge the fact that today we do say half Hallel in honor of Rosh Chodesh. Is there a, is there a um, and th- this may sound like a, a a crazy question, but you know I, I do have certain parts of Hallel that are extra meaningful to me. Like I I believe that there's certain psukim of Ashrei that speak to certain people, and other psukim of Ashrei that speak to other people in a in a unique fashion, a unique way. Is there a part of Hallel that you look most forward to, or is there a passage in Hallel because of what it means and how deep it is that you that you concentrate on that one more than others during the Hallel service? Awesome question. Without a doubt, yes. And they're probably related to each other. One of them is a phrase, Hemantikia Daber. Hemantikia Daber. Rav Nachman says, Hemantikia Daber means, I believe because I talk to Hashem. Mm-hmm. Because I speak about Emuna, and the more I speak about Emuna, the more I believe. And whenever I dive in Hallel, that's a very strong kavana that I have. I really, really want to, I just want to believe in you more, and I'm going to talk about it. And Reb Nachman says, the more that you have conversations with your friends about Emuna, the more that that's mamish the topic of what's, of, of what's going on in your relationships, then the more Emuna really becomes something that you believe in. And the other one that I go to, which is which gets deeper, especially especially now, lo amos ki Okay, so I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. But then the next few words tell us, well, what are you going to do now that you have the the to still be alive? Ba'asaper ma'aseka. The reason Hashem keeps me alive in this world is to talk about Him, is to tell stories about Him, is to experience with Him, is to tell my children what it means to be in a relationship with your Bonish Leilam. So, lo amus ki ech, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to die, I'm going to stay alive. Why? Because I'm going to become the greatest storyteller in the world. And I think that, that right now, those two things are, I mean, they're always related, but right now, it could be that that's really the Rebbe Shleim is saying, Chavar, stay home and talk, to Hash- talk about Hashem with your children. That's it. That's why you're alive right now. Unbelievable. You know, you're one of the handful of, of artists who, when they're on the air, I always end up exchanging Divrei Torah with, which I'm not, which, which, which I'm not complaining about. And, 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 and what I was thinking before you even mentioned the Pasuk, in these times, and of course you're feeling it in Israel, and you are really feeling it because you know people around the world, you know people in the New York, New Jersey area, you know people in Europe, you know people all over America. You're, you're, you're hearing the news. You're hearing the news and you're in touch with the terrible tragedies that so many people are going through right now. And I think that, oh, the, yeah. and I think that the tendency, the tendency would be to be depressed. The tendency would be to let it get us down. Um, and I think that, the, that when we say lo almost ki echye, symbolically, obviously not literally, but symbolically, we will not let it get us down, lo almost ki echya, but we're going to continue with life. We're going to continue going forward. We're going to continue with the strength that we need and not let this magefa, not let this plague, uh, you know, affect us in a negative fashion. We're still going to, you know, move forward 
uh, and and enrich our lives as much as possible. And I think that's an mm. important message for these days. Oh, it's an, it's it's one of the hardest avodas. I think right. it's one of the hardest avodas to simply say I'm determined. I'm determined to be connected to the nakuda of simcha in my life. The fact that I'm alive, and the fact that I'm alive means Hashem Yisbarach has dreams for me, and I'm going to be in tune with those dreams. But that's a big avoda. You're, you're one million percent right. Just that alone. If do us Hashem simcha is harder than people think, right? Oh well, um, simcha like you know, Reb Nachman says. Uh, it, it's not brought down in the halacha anywhere, but Reb Nachman says mitzvah gedola liot b'simcha tamid, and everyone's wondering, like, where does this, where does it say mitzvah gedola? It doesn't say anywhere. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah gedola liot b'simcha. It's not a mitzvah ketana. <laughs> it's a mitzvah gedola because it's not a simple zach at all. Uh, at all. You're taking me back to so many stories that are, are so meaningful, and and and. Some of them so sad, but you you remind me of um, because we we have an extra special obligation. It's erev Shabbos right now. It's Rosh Chodesh. It's erev Shabbos. We have an extra obligation to make sure that our mood stays a certain way on Shabbos and Yantif, Right? God forbid a mm-hmm. tragedy happens right before Sukkot, for instance. You know, real maminim would say no. We simchas Yantif, Right? We have an, we have an obligation for simchas Yantif. and it reminds me of um, one of my sons who was literally in the hospital room of one of his rabbeim on Leil Shabbos as his Rebbe passed away. And and the family of the Rebbe was there, as you can imagine. They're there, you know, by his bedside. And all the Talmidim who are there are now starting to bawl with tremendous crying, as you can imagine. And his wife, meaning the Rebbe's wife, said, and by the way, I, I honestly believe this could only happen in Israel uh, with the with the, the way that people are, are, are made over there. Um, but the Rebbe's wife says to all of them, stop, you can't do this. It's time for Lechun Aranana, and you cannot do this. This is now, we, we are obligated to have Onik Shabbos and a proper Shabbos and a proper mood. And it's such a difficult thing to do. And I'm not saying that, it, that I don't blame someone, they can't do it in an extreme circumstance like that, but it's such right. a difficult thing to do. And even now, there's so many challenges. You know, everyone got back to work, so to speak, <laughs> this past uh, you know Sunday and Monday. Everybody starts to get back right. into their, what they hope is their regular schedule. And there's so many people, unfortunately, who are out of work and now really facing the challenge because that you know a few weeks ago was one thing. Now it's getting really, really, really serious for so many people. How do you keep that good mood? How do you keep that that attitude that one can move forward when 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 it's it's been so hard? And I think that I think that's... Some, yeah, you think you, you're nailing it. I'm sorry, continue what you were saying. No, you're that's it. it I, I, right I have nothing else to say other than I hope that that we can really that we can really help increase the simcha. I mean, it's Rosh Chodesh. Uh, it, it's the only day that everyone agrees one could shave, so today must be a big day, right? <laughs> Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos, it must be a, a big day today. Otherwise, normally in Sphere, a lot of people would say not to shave Erev Shabbos. Right, <laughs> but right. but this, this combination has certainly you know, no. t- taken us to a certain point. Hopefully, we can no. continue to get people into a good mood. It's one of the things I Listen, admire. It, it's the last few moments of Nissan also. We can't forget it's Lamed Nissan. Right. And, you know, it's the last few minutes of this month of Geula. So this is, a, this is like a precious day to really cry out to Hashem and say, I need to be connected to Geula. I need it. I need to be. You need me to be. You want me to be connected to Geula. So Nisan, Nigaulu. In the past, it was Nisan. We got out of Mitzrayim. We have a few more minutes of this energy of Nisan and to take full advantage of it. Yeah, 100%.
Yeshua Hashem Keherifayin. That's why we. That's keep, right. That's why we keep hoping and praying that that in the circumstance we're in right now, Hashem will just turn it off in a second because He can. He could turn this whole thing off in a second and get everybody back to the lives we were used to. That's right. And we hope. Well, that- I I pray that we don't get. I pray we don't go back to the lives that we were used to because then all this would be. <laughs> I pray that we get back to a life where we, each of us here, Eretz Israel, calling us, and that even those of us that are here in Eretz Israel feel Eretz Israel calling us, and those of us that are in the Galut here, Eretz Israel calling us. Come on, Nachum, you thought I wouldn't like give in a dig before we were over. I'm I'm wondering if there are any other changes you anticipate in our greater community. Like, is that the one, or are there others that you'd like to see people, uh, you know, lessons learned from this experience? Wow, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have expectations for myself. Uh, you know, so you do. So you so, you so do. Easy. You consider this a life-altering experience, and you'd be shocked if every Jew in the world would not consider it the same. Yeah, <laughs> you I, really are. You, you really could be my, my spokesman. Oh, <laughs> that's quite an honor. Uh, I appreciate it's, that. It's uh, it's Bonus Shalom is just talking to us right now. Really, really loud, really clearly, and um, in Eretz Yisrael, there's this always a you know because of the avira, the Eretz Yisrael machkima, the air in Eretz Yisrael itself, you know, it, it's it's a it's a wisening air, it's right. one to fill of wisdom, and I think that this is a time that we don't want to just say I want to get back to the way things were, because obviously there are things that big things that have to change. Yeah, both on a personal and a communal level. Exactly. Uh, I, I guess the only proper way to wrap up is to is to um, emphasize the phrase that we say, boy, a lot of times over Shabbos and Yontif, and that's Kili Alam Chazdo. And we say it in Hallel, of course, Hodul Hashem Kitov. It's a chesed to talk to you. It's a chesed to talk to you. It's a chesed <laughs> that, that we could communicate like this and share like this. And I hope and pray, Bezrat Hashem Yidbach, that, listen, next, this is a month, ER is all in a month, the whole month, you say a certain thing every single day. You don't have this any other month where you say a certain harachman every single day. But every single day of ER, you say harachman hu yachzir lanu avodas beis amigdash limekoma bimheira biameinu amen sela. You don't say that any other month. There's no other month where every day you have an harachman about binyan beis amigdash. So I give us all a bracha to take our time this year, just a few seconds more with that harachman after Sphira. Just a few seconds more. And if I don't feel connected to it enough, simply talk to the creator of the world and say, Rebona Shalom, Baruch Merachem Alabrios, have rachmanes on me. I live in 2020 in a modern world. It's so hard to feel like I'm missing something called the Beis Migdash. So please, can you, can you make me miss it? Can you open my heart? To missing it a bit deeper. Let's take advantage of this. Uh, Shlomo can't thank you enough. Um, we, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to um, dedicate these words of Torah in this conversation to all those who need a refuah shlema, and there are many in our community and outside our community who need one really, really badly at this time. Amen. And at the same Amen. time, on this Rosh Chodesh erev Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, I will say to you. Uh, it should be one filled with simcha and joy, and uh, and what you just said in terms of the uh, harachaman uh, that uh, that emphasizes the building of the Beis Hamikdash is one that we should say with tremendous concentration. Kol Shlomo and Shabbat Shalom and Chodesh Tov.
Shlomo Katz with words from Halil. Here's Min HaMetzar at JM in the AM.
Wishing all those who are in need of a refuah shlema a refuah shlema, to say the least. Uh, JM and AM during this uh, COVID-19 virus, we are here. A lot of great live original programming. Uh, don't forget, at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, it'll be uh, Naomi Nachman with a brand new edition of Table for Two. Mark Zomik with a brand new uh, Erev Shabbos show, sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Sequel with Avrami tomorrow. JM Sunday with Matis Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We're here Monday. Tuesday is our Yom HaZikaron special. Wednesday is our Yom HaZikaron special. I mean, yeah. We got a lot going on. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Everyone stay healthy, stay well. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today, and you'll be glad you did. That I could tell you. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, coming up at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM, Friday morning, Hodul Hashem, words from Hallel. Don't forget, today is Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. Um, all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh today, including Yalav and half Hallel, Musaf, etc., whatever your Nusach calls for. Today's 15 in the counting of the Omer, two weeks in one day. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. Rabbi Yudin will, of course, address both Parshios. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Candle lighting in New York, 725, 725. And Tuesday is our Yom HaZikaron special, Israel Memorial Day. Wednesday is our Yom HaTzma'ut special, Israel Independence Day. Wow, normally we'd be together Tuesday night with some beautiful Yom HaTzma'ut program. Boy, can't take stuff for granted, even the stuff you've been doing every uh, Yom HaTzma'ut for the last uh, God knows how many years. Uh, normally we would be together and um, having a nice Yom Ha'atzmaut uh, gathering on Tuesday night. I'm sure there'll be some virtual gatherings and ceremonies, so pay careful attention to us Wednesday morning for the Israel Independence Day special commemorating 72 years of um, the state of Israel. And uh, get involved as much as po- as possible online um, uh, in terms of celebrating Israel and the incredible state that we have, thank God. Um, don't forget jewishworldreview.com. If you want to print out millions of articles about uh, Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, go to jewishworldreview.com. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update on this uh, Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Glad to hear that you're safe, and hopefully everybody is yeah, it should stay that way. And those who are in need of a speedy recovery, both in our community and outside our community, we pray that they have it as soon as possible. This thing is uh, is is deadly, literally, as we know, and it's just uh, enough is enough, um, especially with all the bad news that we wake up to uh, every single day, unfortunately. We'll start this conversation, though, on, on the positive note that I just mentioned a, a minute ago, and that is the 72nd birthday of the state of Israel. Obviously, there's uh, <laughs> there are no events uh, uh, per se, in-person events that we could promote, uh, but we should keep it in mind, like anything else, uh, like anything else that's going on during COVID. We try to uh, keep uh, the important things at the forefront. Uh, we should not take it for granted that uh, this coming Wednesday is Israel's 72nd birthday. Your thoughts? I think that uh, it's especially important this year that uh, we remember, and especially because there are no uh, gatherings, as ours in many shuls would have special minyanim and uh, other commemorations, that uh, we realize how important Israel is to us. I think everybody, uh, you know, follows the casualty figures here and there. And, you know, there's one thing that I think uh, could good that could come out of uh, COVID-19, and that is that they realize how, how small and narrow the world is, that it, it has enhanced the interrelationship between Jewish communities around the world and with Israel. And I see it on these briefings that I do for, for these global briefings, Zoom conferences, uh, how much concern there is about what is happening in other countries, and particularly in Israel, and the fact that people have not been able to visit something that they took for granted that they could always do, and Israel would just be there and available to them. 
I think that this, there are so many lessons that we can learn from all of this, from, from what has happened and, and realize the value of family and people who've been home now with their families and those who are still talking to them um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, um, to, to appreciate it. And, you know, you think that you've been home for a month. Everybody, if you would have said that to somebody, how can you sustain? Could you be home for a month? And yet people, me, you know, you, you get to appreciate it. You get to say, you know, this, this is tolerable. Yeah. You can, you, you can find value in it. How much more learning there is in it's all fun- of the creative approaches. Yeah, and it's funny because I saw the other day online, they were talking to certain families where little kids, and I don't mean little, little, but, you know, kids who are growing up are not used to seeing their parents very often because of the way we live these days. And, and they've loved the last month. They've loved it because everyone's around and giving them attention and playing games, et cetera, et cetera. And things that you would have taken for granted now that you don't have it, yeah. you realize it and how much just being able to see your, your children, grandchildren, to, to, to have the personal contact. To, I mean, there are so many things that, that I think can be talked about on a philosophical, emotional, level. Oh, no question level. about it. You know, it's funny. On the, on the visiting Israel thing, I, it, it's, it's something to consider. You know, now we don't feel it as much. And, uh, I mean, someone like yourself who's always traveling there obviously feels it. But in general, we're not feeling it that much because we are so isolated under these conditions. But at some point... When things are relaxed and travel still is not allowed, it's going to really start to gnaw at us, those who you know, like to pay visits once in a while to Israel. Uh, is there any indication? I know that in Israel there's somewhat of a relaxation of the, of the restrictions. And I know that uh, on Yom Atzmud it's going to get much stricter because they're worried about people you know, going out and celebrating, etc. That I get. But is there even a game plan or anything that you've heard that's been discussed in terms of how long it would take to get Israel back to a full operation of travel, uh, of being a travel base for around the world. It, it, it to to um, get all the airlines functioning. Remember, this is a global issue. It's not just um, Israel. That uh, El Al, which has been still flying to pick up Israelis stranded in various countries around the world, I and mean, you saw the the record flight from uh, right. Australia. Um, so El Al could be uh, could be flying, but when their staffs have been have been um, furloughed for all of this time, and um, we don't know whether all the airlines will come back to the same schedules they had before. And when people can't plan, you know, people to go away, let's say this summer, they do that, make that decision before Pesach. They make the decision in in April. Right. Now they can't make decisions, so. You're not going to have a summer tourism season. Right. You'll have some pent-up business demand. You'll have some others, but people are not going to, uh, you know, undertake in in July or something. Generally, a trip. You may not even have a Jewish holiday tourism season. And you may exactly the the the, the talk is that it will take certainly nothing before September. Someone said to me, "You don't realize," and of course I don't, because I don't work in airports. But they don't. You don't realize just for one flight to land how much staff you need at an airport. And that would mean bringing everybody back and obviously getting everybody into position just to you know, accept the number of flights that Israel's used to, uh, even if it's just from one city or with one airline. Um, so who knows? The answer is who knows. In terms of the restrictions, I, I, I know that you know, you're full of, fully aware, obviously, of what I just discussed regarding this week in Yom Atzmud, but any other timetable regarding Israel? Do we know uh, how loose these restrictions a week from now might become? No, first of all, they have to test it, and nobody uh, has yet uh, 
really come up with a formula. You know, there are countries that had uh, limited restrictions, and we don't know yet the real numbers. I mean, we don't even know from the countries, you know, that are monitoring this very closely. All of a sudden, we find out that they didn't count people who died at home. We don't. They, that, uh, that millions may have been affected and uh, didn't know about it. Um, that the, uh, the, the there's so many mysteries yet about this. So whatever is done, it's going to have to be done gradually and has to be tested and see what can be done safely. So I know people get impatient, and there are people demand, you know, that they should open the, everything up. It's not so simple. And just just look at, in our community at the, the losses that have been sustained yep. and the Misaskins and the other services that, that monitor this. The numbers they have are, are astounding. And unfortunately, as you said, every day we look at the paper, and there's there are more and more, and at this uh, inordinate number of uh, rabbanim and, and leaders and uh, people who uh, died from this. So I, I, I think people have to be patient, and I know that it's not always easy. But you know, then we have to think about this is something I've been pressing leadership here in Israel everywhere is the 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 day after. To think about what what is the economic dislocation, to talk about the, you know the budgets, what the, the states and cities and federal governments are going to do. They give away trillions of dollars. Yeah. You know that has, bill has to be paid at some point. There has to be you know some examination that uh, you know when the checks run out, what happens? You know, the, the half of Americans don't have more than five hundred dollars of emergency money, and the you know the um, inability of many places to reopen. And I'll tell you another thing that as a community we need to worry about, and that's the number of widows, widowers, and orphans that are going to be, need us to help take care of them in the aftermath of all this. Absolutely right. I was going to come to that. But, you know, so that you have then the unemployed and the um, social unrest, you know, stores board up their windows because they're afraid that, that uh, of what kind of actions could, could take place. And there is a lot of frustration uh, I think it's it's remarkable how quiet it has been and how um, contained in the, the job police, the I think government officials, others trying to address uh, some of these potential sources of of the tension. But the day after, we have to think about the impact of how of the, all the anti-Semitic stuff that's going on on the internet, right. where they're blaming Jews, like we have seen throughout history, when there are plagues and terrible things. Uh, uh, the Black Plague, from we know from Jewish history that Jews get blamed, and it has led to, to terrible consequences. We see it now. That and it's led, to, it's, it's led to some outrageous comments also by government officials. There have been, and, and there are some who have t- taken on and, and uh, demanded, um, you know, that these things stop. But uh, the Internet has enabled people to, to spread these lies and distortions. And the uh, you know they even go to members of Congress to say that Israel is denying right. aid to Gaza when in fact it's quite the opposite is true and certainly to the PA and you know the United States has given five million dollars to the PA and nobody gives them credit and they gave gave out tens of millions of dollars to different Arab countries but nobody writes that and Israel gave a loan to the PA in addition to sending in equipment to Gaza and the medicines and stuff to Gaza to and to the uh, Palestinian Authority, because obviously it's also in Israel's interest to keep to contain any uh, spread amongst the Palestinians, and because they interact, and many of them come to work in the, 
in, in Israel. So you, you, we, we have not even begun to think about what the impact will be on Jewish organizations and Jewish life, how many of them will be able to do fundraising, how, many, how much money will there be that right, all the money right now goes to feed people as it should be and to take care of physical needs. But it could be you know, another four or five months before people can even think of having a fundraising event. So they'll do it virtually. But right. I, think, I think that there will be a lot of Jewish organizations, there may be institutions, schools, and others that will not make it that will not be able to reopen. No question about it. And I mentioned the widows, widowers, and orphans. You know, back in 2008, during the crash, I remember that somebody, a well-known person in our community, made a destination wedding, and which is fine. I mean, they could Obviously, anybody could do whatever they want with their money and certainly celebrate with their family. But I remember how much resentment there was, not, that, not, not of people who were saying, oh, you know, I'm jealous of them, but people who felt it was such a bad visual at a time when there was so much suffering. You know, people are going to think five times before they make a $100,000 bar mitzvah after this whole episode because of the money that's needed for the widows, widowers, and orphans and for the bad visual when the community as a whole and the world as a whole is suffering the way it is. I agree. And and by the way, when you mentioned about the Yom HaTzmuta, I was going to say that, you know, that this was the, the 100th anniversary of the San Remo Conference, which is all but forgotten, but the San Remo Conference after World War One, when the powers got together to divide up the uh, Ottoman Empire right. and, and established what is most of the boundaries in the Middle East, creating the Arab countries, many of the Arab countries, and um, uh, in, in, in uh, that was in 1922, uh, and it enshrined, most importantly for us, the uh, Balfour Declaration of 1917 right. and recognizing a Jewish homeland, which was then led to, uh, it was instruction to the, instructive to the League of Nations and the mandate and people, you know, who, who today are denying Israel's legitimacy and using the cover of Goban now to still push that agenda, the BDS movement. And while it's it's less visible, uh, we still we see its manifestations everywhere. And we should remind people of the history. I mean, this is was recognition under international law of the right of the Jewish people to the Jewish homeland in Palestine. And, uh, you know, too often these dates go um, unnoticed. You know, there's a famous story that Rav Cook, then the chief rabbi, uh, Rav Cook was walking in uh, in the streets, in, I think in Yerushalayim, and he wore his Yontif clothing, his right. clothing, right. and he was mocked. Right. And he... he they, and they said to him, what are you doing? Uh, he reminded them of the Pasuk, all of those who yep. truly mourn Yerushalayim will get to see the um, We'll the get joy. to celebrate, and, and it's true. Them, what do you mean? Why, why does it say the joy? Why does it say the rebuilding? He said, because everybody will see buildings, but the joy, only those who are truly to truly mourn. Yep. I was I was told that story many a time growing up. <laughs> uh, by the way, so just g- give me the history in a second. So 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 the mandate was in seventeen, and then there was an alteration of certain borders in twenty two. No, the Balfour Declaration, which was British, was in nineteen seventeen. But what didn't the mandate start right after World War One? Or am I wrong yeah. about that? Oh, it did. So in twenty two, there was no change to the well, Palestine borders. But the mandate is part of this. Right. So there were no changes to the Palestine borders in 22, but there were changes in borders to other countries. Well, we cre- they ultimately they created Jordan out uh, of that. Right. And, uh, I mean, over the years there were uh, subsequent uh, agreements. But, but, you know, that is one of the reasons through Sykes-Picot and et cetera, where we created.
not real countries. These are artificial borders right. like Syria, right. um, which was, uh, you know, and originally um, you had a, a, an area from Lebanon to Palestine to then Palestine, then Israel uh, uh, to, to uh, what is now Syria covered all together. Then they had to divide up uh, some of the boundaries, but they created artificial countries, and that's why they couldn't stand the strains that in Egypt or Morocco, which are real countries with real identities, that Libya is 147 tribes. It was not a natural country. And so all these things have had ramifications up until today. Mm, very cool. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, so, new leadership all around. Let's start with Israel. Do we, in fact, have an agreement for a unity government? There is an agreement. Um, unity is a, a tough word, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it is the most detailed agreement I think that people have ever seen, and I'm sure nobody here has read it, but uh, it is so detailed, even down to the fact that the prime minister and the deputy prime ministers will each get official residences, that if one of the parties of the two, and they get equal number of ministers, which means that each has really a veto power, but if any of them doesn't vote for the budget, say, or something, then the other party becomes the prime minister for up to six months Wow! until there's an election. I'm saying to you, I'm just giving you an example of, right. of the detail in which this, and there's still a lot of things that have to be resolved. You see that a lot of the appointments haven't been made yet of the of the ministers. There's going to be up to 36 ministers and 16 deputy ministers. Hmm. The, um, um, it's still not decided what Yamina's relationship, the Bennett party will, will, will be, or whether it'll even be included right now. It does not look like it is. The defense ministry and the foreign ministry and other key ministries, justice, are going to blue and white. I think Gantz negotiated a, a very good deal for himself. Uh, but they go into the Knesset with uh, over 70 seats. And the the fact is that while it looks like Gantz did something clever, it was actually, I think, Netanyahu got a great deal because nothing much can happen in Knesset unless it's a government issue. Uh, a government agreed uh, position, and the the focus now, and and this is an emergency government right now to deal with the COVID and its aftermath. Then it becomes a regular government, and you know, in 18 months they switch the prime minister, which also means that Ashkenazi might become defense minister, or Bibi will be defense minister, and deputy prime minister. The uh, Bibi has the right to veto who gets to become attorney general, I think the state attorney. Uh, but the justice ministry is Nixon Corn, who's, who's blue and white. The um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the more bizarre uh, content of this thing. but it's, Has it's, this started already? I mean, you said the emergency government is in, right? That, that's already begun, right? Like that stage is already uh, in effect. Well, the Knesset, yes, it's Knesset's uh, there. And right now, Gantz is the, is the speaker, but it's going to go to Likud. And Yuli um, so Edelstein has said if he's not uh, going to be speaker, he doesn't want anything. Um, so the clock hasn't started getting anything. I mean, there, the, there are a lot of personalities yet that, that have to be satisfied. Um, is the health minister going to become the housing minister? It's likely that uh, Litzman won't be, but uh, and we know that uh, 
there's a conflict between several ministers over different portfolios. Um, the um, uh, that Katz will likely be the um, uh, finance minister, um, but the rest, uh, a lot of it is still up in the air, and and there might be veteran ministers who will not be included, but it's it, there's a lot of negative reaction to the fact that you're going to have so many ministers and the cost you know, of a car and a driver and a staff for each of them. Uh, the cost of another election would have been uh, very great as well. When does the clock start on the 18 months? After this emergency is over? No. Well, the first, uh, I think it's the emergency government is six months or or but the Oh, and then it starts. Then the 18 starts. No, the 18 starts right away. Oh, so it's now already. Right. So, so within 18 months, we're going to have a new election, right? I mean, I know you don't no. like to predict, but it's very, very likely, right? No. It's well, it's not likely. Uh, I think that the that the transition will take place. Wow. I mean, people say they don't trust Bibi. That Bibi will yeah. sabotage it. We don't know. Or he'll at least go down fighting. <laughs> I might think it could be in its interest. And when you have such a big government, by then you know right. you'll always have some splintering over some issue. Right. But. I think the government could last. I mean, it's a very big, broad swathing, and nobody has an interest in going to an election because there's no more blue and white. So, you know, the polls show that they wouldn't do well. Right. So they don't have an interest in breaking the government. And Netanyahu, again, we don't know the outcome of all the legal proceedings. Uh, probably wouldn't have that much of an interest in in seeing the in seeing the government fall. Right. Um, and speaking of leadership, your reaction to Diane Lowe being the incoming uh, chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Well, she hasn't been elected yet. She's been nominated out of a number of candidates, that, and there is a um, nominating process. There's a committee that is broadly representative of the conference that interviewed and several times the candidates and made a recommendation. She's a very fine person, and there's a lot of screeds on the internet because people have too much time right now, and they can just uh, last and say things. Much of which is is not true. There are some troubling things that that took place, but in the organization that of which she was president, but not involving her. There was done in some cases just by the executive who signed as on a personal basis and wrote that it was on a personal basis. Um, but I think she, if she, if it goes ahead, she will. She's very respected person, very accomplished, and by virtue of the position, we've had people from across the political spectrum over the years, and they, they have to represent the, um, the views of the conference members, and she's certainly somebody who is uh, very committed to Israel and is not uh, on the extreme as they, uh, as some people have tried to portray her. Right. I hear that. And uh, and and I acknowledge that I, I just uh, at some and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but it, but at, at some point I think someone needs to recognize that uh, immigration organizations that started as Jewish immigration organizations, including some of the ones in this neighborhood here, I think we need to recognize that they're they're not serving the same purpose they did uh, at their founding, and and I think that that that's a an important discussion to have. I'm not saying I'm pro or con. Uh, anything at this point in terms of where they ended up or what they're doing, but I think it's an important discussion to have. Frankly, that, that may all be a discussion that will be had, but nobody asked for it before. You know, you can't ask for it retroactively. Oh, I've been bringing it up for ten years. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 the conference, but <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, you know, people writing me the screeds. I do not participate and did not participate. I don't vote in it. I don't. 
I'm not in the deliberations on it. Malcolm, if you voted or had a role, I'd be the chairman of the conference. Come on. Everyone knows that. Give me a break. Exactly. I'd be king of the conference. Are you kidding me? My my dream. I once actually fell asleep and dreamt that you were the one who decided to become chairman, knowing that I'd be in the number one position. I wouldn't want to be the one to have to make that decision. I mean, (laughs) because we have really good candidates. It's time three of them uh, who were in the final discussions. Oh, so why is the press saying that she's the fait complete? I wonder why they're doing that. Anyway, well, she—I mean, she's now the one candidate that oh, they so are recommending. It. Got it. All right. There is a process for people to challenge if they want. I mean, candidates right. could challenge from the floor. So we're already right down now. To... That is not does not appear to be. We're, we're already down to one. By the way, and I'm tossing this out, and obviously this is not really for the air, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wonder if she would visit us here one day and have that discussion with me about the role of uh, of, Jew, of historically Jewish immigrant organizations and their role today. I'd love to have that conversation. Well, when we're able to visit with people, and, uh, she's very open. And, <laughs> good point. Uh, has... Good good point. I can't have anybody here now, but that's that's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> what do you know about this um, a plot to bomb Teddy Stadium in Yerushalayim? So Israel prevented several attacks, including one at uh, uh Teddy Stadium, and as you know, because of the obsession of everybody with COVID and properly, um, if you look at the front page of the Israeli papers, for instance, you know, the stories are just essentially about that, and unless there's a, a scandal of the day that they get to write up, uh, and people are not uh, looking, and this story just came out in the last two days, about the um, the uh, ability of the intelligence agencies in Israel to overcome and to, to, to identify. But uh, what what worries me is that so much is happening. And, you know, the stories with the Hezbollah fighters and the attempts to break through in the Lebanese border in various right. places, and that Israel, you know, struck at, at uh, people in, in, um, in Syria, or somebody struck at somebody, <laughs> people in Syria, but Israel right. did strike <laughs> along the Syrian-Lebanon border where they hit a Hezbollah car, but they allowed the people to escape. And then, and gave the knock on the roof. And essentially, this was a warning to tell them, "Look, we know who you are. We know where you are. And if, it, but they wouldn't. They didn't kill them because they don't want to see uh, an escalation of uh, of tensions right now. Right. Uh, something that you know people are questioning and asking if there's there's a change in policy. You know, Iran launched a, a military satellite and took credit for it, but but. The truth is that it's not the satellite alone that's the problem. It's that this is a way for them to be able to to test and develop their intercontinental ballistic missiles, which, by the way, the attempts in the past failed. This one succeeded. Uh, And this is a violation of the JCPOA, and we want to see this proper – of of U.N. resolutions, in fact, because this is uh, capable of carrying a nuclear warhead, this ICBM. And, you know, again, it gets – very short shrift. Well, was there a White House reaction to it or not? Yes, and the White House took very strong stand, demand that there be sanctions against it. They demand also that the, you know, the, the arms embargo against Iran ends in less than six months. And we know that China, Russia, others are just chomping at the bit. They probably have the orders ready to be shipped. And so U.S. is also pressing for an extension in that regard. They've also been pressing about the um, uh, Iran's increased aggression in Iraq and activities in Syria. Uh, I mean, throughout the region, that at a time when their economy is in free fall, right. that the number of people there who, who have died and suffered is, is far greater than the 
anything that has been said. The drop in price of oil obviously impacts them as well, but they are still engaging in, in all of this um, uh, export of, of terrorism. Uh, and, you know, what Hezbollah does, obviously, Iran has a big hand in it, and the same thing is true in Gaza. And what, what, what is, you know, it's interesting that people are making demands that the U.S. lifts the sanctions on I- Iran, uh, when in fact Iran has plenty of money, they have plenty of cash reserves to pay for medicines if that's the issue, and none of the sanctions that U.S. imposes limits medicines going in. Mm-hmm. So this is really an attempt to undermine the sanctions regime. It's not because it's a humanitarian crisis that uh, that demands uh, that they do. And and you know we see other issues like Hamas, uh, Turkey inviting Hamas leadership to come in and live there, guys who are banned or. Um, to come from Gaza and to to operate out of there, which would give them much freer hand in carrying out attacks against Israel nationally and internationally. I mean, within the the region and outside of it, and the um, um, the, the danger that that represents as well. So we have uh, so many issues, let alone the annexation issue. And you know, the Secretary of State addressed that as well and urged that the um, um, you know, said that this is an issue that Israel should resolve, that this is not for outside parties to, to have to deal with. So, I mean, the, the, the U.S. and Israel, before that can take place, right. which is after July 1st in the agreement, um, would coordinate uh, the positions. And obviously there will have to be a lot of outreach to some of the Arab countries to try to minimize the negative reaction. Uh, but it does look like uh, Israel will will move ahead in some fashion on that. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, a couple of quick things. People need to know, and sometimes I'm at the mercy of my listeners who insist I ask you, uh, do you know any details about this story, about the uh, uh, Chabad emissary who is turning down the opportunity to light a torch, quote-unquote, for Yamat's mood? I know the details. I just don't know. Nobody has given a reason, and there was no reason in the letter that Chabad Bezdin sent to her. Sent to her, uh, she was designated by Israel to be a recipient because of the work uh, they do in, in hosting uh, Passover, right. um, huge Passover things, and reaching out to Israelis who and symbolic of all the Chabad houses. So I don't know what the reason was. Uh, I don't think she knows the reason. She's obviously accepting it. But said that the you know the real reward for her is being able to serve the Jewish people. Another one from our listeners. Um, your reaction to J Street endorsing Joe Biden? Well, what was troubling to me is the the the, uh, the way Joe Biden accepted the endorsement. You know, anybody can endorse anybody, but um, you know, because the concern is what influence do extremist groups have in in the Democratic Party where and our concerns about what will happen at the convention, what the platformer will be, um, and the, um, um, you know, the impact of the Sanders delegates will be and the positions that he has advocated and that people have threatened aid, including J Street signing on some of these terrible letters. Uh, J Street, under the Trump administration, has been marginalized. And they, they can continue to raise funds and you know, support some candidates. They lose most of the time, and they they back uh, some of the quid and uh, others uh, of the squad. But the you know they were much more marginalized. And if he gives them more relevance, then that's obviously not good. But I think right now he just welcomes any endorsements that he gets. <laughs> Very good point. And finally, uh, nothing makes us cringe more 
as a community, especially when noticeably uh, Jewish people, God forbid, do something wrong, obviously. Uh, thank God we could take great pride that people from our community, including many who are noticeably Jewish, so to speak, are taking part in this uh, antib- antibody testing and donation. And, uh, and I'm glad to see that a lot of mainstream media uh, sources are picking up the story. Yes, but there, there's also an attendant story that uh, a lot of these sales of the testing kits, according to doctors, are not good, and, and people only in an authorized place, a hospital. Yeah, I think they're recommending Mount Sinai and the Mayo Clinic one in New York. Exactly. They are legitimate and very important, and you're right. I think that there was a positive reaction um, to the story and to to, um, the visuals that, that came out. Uh, but again, people should not fall for you know a lot of these fly-by-night things and remedies and buying stuff that is really not legitimate uh, PPE. We have to be very careful because there are a lot of scam artists and a lot of people who are selling things. And I know uh, Dr. Ditchick and others have uh, expressed uh, warnings about it. You know, people clutch onto every straw, and um, I know that there are legitimate things to do, taking vitamin C or zinc or other. I don't want to get into because. I know nothing about it. Right, then you'll be you'll be accused. Uh, no, of I'll, playing be, a I'll be arrested for practicing medicine <laughs> on the air, and I'm, but I'm taking you with me because I'm not going alone. Um, that the um, um, you know, and and uh, you were it saying it becomes doc- a vulnerable time for people because everybody wants you know something that that looks like it can work. But this is an important thing to get developed the antibodies, and maybe that will be a solution. You know that Israel's working on. Uh, a vaccine, which we think in a, in a month the, the animal trials will begin from uh, Migal and uh, the stem cell from Pluristem and Bonus Myo Group uh, looks promising. I mean, there are a lot of things that, uh, and, and we should note the return of Ellie Beer this, this week when oh, all yeah. the bad news. This was very good news after, you know, so many weeks on a respirator. And unfortunately, we, we acknowledge the losses also. Too many, to unfortunately, to mention in the, you know, the this is again something we'll have to deal with, yeah. and also the shame that Yom Hashoah passed with the and that the we could only do online commemorations. Although some of them were very moving and powerful, and especially Rabbi Lau's remarks that after it's the first time in 30 years he didn't lead the March of the Living. Wow! In uh, and and was in Yom Hashoah in Auschwitz, um, and you know this is the 75th anniversary of Bergen Belsen's liberation, Sachsenhausen. Uh, I think Nordhausen, uh, and we, we again, there were all sorts of things planned to commemorate it, and I would have been in Poland this week, but, um, you know, this is another one of the tolls that is taken, and, and we have to see what will happen with Holocaust education and all the other things, and fighting anti-Semitism, the resources needed when governments are going to be under tremendous strain um, to to address it, and it, again, could have long-term, longer-term uh, r- ramifications. No question about it, and and you're right. It's it's impossible to go through the list of everybody, but I have to, I want to acknowledge uh, uh, two people that we lost uh, this week. Uh, you mentioned to me off the air, of course, Marvin Schick, and I say that because and and make the exception for him because of the broad coalition of people in the community who were assisted by him uh, over the years. I don't think there's an a... amazing man, and I think that when his history is written, we will people will come to appreciate. I work closely with him in all the years, even during the Lindsay administration. I mean, what he did for Claudia Yisrael and his leadership the, of the yeshiva and, and, and so many other things. And I think you would agree that there was no segment of our community from left to right that didn't depend on him in some way. Absolutely. 
And I, I have to acknowledge Noah Dear, especially because of the role Absolutely. he played in, in our network and our show for so many years. And uh, uh, I, I wrote on Facebook that he took my career as seriously as he took his and wanted to see everybody succeed. And you know what I said to, uh, to his family, Malcolm? I said that the way he behaved on the bench for the last 20 years, uh, fighting for, you know, for every downtrodden New Yorker that he could, uh, justified what he did as a uh, government official. Because a lot of people always say, you know, government officials, they do this, they want to be elected, they do this because they want favors, et cetera, et cetera. I think the last 20 years uh, just uh, completely validated um, what he had done in his uh, previous career. And even he was criticized for it, but he sustained it because he did it out of principle 100%. and 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 uh, a belief. And I also have to mention Shiki Labowitz, right. who, was, uh, who passed away, who was uh, my daughter-in-law's uncle, and um, another. I mean, so many people who played yeah. va- uh, vital roles in the community. And uh, you see all the rabbanim, and it just uh, again, I don't know how we recuperate from from scores of of leaders of rabbanim who, Rashi Yeshiva, others who we have lost, but here and in Israel, yeah, and Europe as well. The names and coming Europe, out of Europe very so. heavily in Europe and England, very heavy. They, yeah. You know, we're way disproportionate to the percentage of population. Right. All right. Uh, we should hopefully share good news together. And I remind everybody that uh, that one of the ways you'll be able to commemorate Israel Memorial Day and Israel Independence Day is with us this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Malcolm, I thank you. A good chodesh and a wonderful Shabbos. A good chodesh, and it will be a symbol of great things to come, and that, uh, God willing, everybody will be safe. Bezrat Hashem, our seventh consecutive Shabbos outside of our synagogues. And uh, let's hope it's the last one outside of our synagogues. Hopefully we get back to our shuls as quickly as possible. So many of us are just missing being in shul. And uh, as much as we appreciate what we can accomplish during an in-home prayer session, because there are many people, I'm sure, who feel like I do that in certain parts of davening, we are concentrating much better than in synagogue. But it is time to get back and, and, and incorporate some of what we've learned in these uh, isolated times into what we do during shul. And I'm looking forward to finally doing that. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It is, in fact, Rosh Chodesh. Uh, tomorrow as well, Rosh Chodesh. Shabbos Rosh Chodesh with Atayatzarta and Musaf tomorrow. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. by Yudin coming up in a second. Candlelighting in New York, 725. Tuesday, Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. Wednesday, Yom HaTzmud, Israel's 72nd birthday. Today is day 15, the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Um, our uh, presentation of Tazria and Mitzorah Barabbai Yudin is being done today in memory of and commemorating the first yard site of Chaya Bela Bat Yeshayahu Yaakov. As we've been mentioning this week, it is the first yard site tonight of Dr. Vivian Mann, uh, the mother of Miriam L. Wallach and her two brothers. And uh, Rabbi Yudin's words are dedicated to her memory. Chaya Bela Bat Yeshayahu Yaakov. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri, oh, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah, in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And hope everybody is well and um, safe, which is very important. We're focusing 
on all the mitzvos, but especially on the mitzvah of being especially careful, taking care of Hashem's body that He has entrusted to each and every one of us. And therefore we have a halachic obligation to be safe and uh, to follow the rulings of the medical authorities and of our halachic authorities. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parshios of Sazria and Mitzorah. According to the Chinuch, Pashas Sazria contains five positive mitzvos and two restrictions, and Sazria contains 11 positive mitzvos. We have a total then of 16 positive mitzvos and two restrictions in this coming week's parshios. They probably constitute two of the hardest mitzvos of the Torah because we have to take not just one step back, but two steps back and ask ourselves, wait a minute, is our Torah a medical journal? If one, God forbid, burns themselves in the kitchen, so do they run to the Torah to look and see what kind of a salve you put on your hand for a burn? Of course not. So if that's the case, why does the Torah single out one disease, which for lack of a better term, we call tzara'as as leprosy, and it does have some uh, connection with the disease of what modern science would call leprosy in that badad yeshev. We had it first, the concept of quarantining the leper, in this case here, the Mitzorah, Michutz Lamachane Moshavo, he's to reside outside the camp. But there it's not because of a um, communicable disease. We don't find that the Kohen, who treats him as opposed to the dermatologist, had to wear special garments and put on a mask. No, we don't find that at all. And in fact, <clears throat> the Mishnayas demonstrate that. Interestingly, there was probably no greater concentration of Jews together except <clears throat> during the time of the Shalosh Regalim. Hundreds of thousands gathered in a very small area called Yerushalayim, called the Beis Hamikdash. And if you happen to be standing next to somebody who you think, uh-oh, this fellow has saras, Instead of telling everybody, get away, get away, shh. No, we don't look at it until after the Yom Tov. And a chosan during his Sheva Brachos, again, we don't look at it until after the week of Sheva Brachos. So we see very clearly that we're not dealing with a communicable disease. We're dealing with, as our rabbis tell us in the Gemara Eirechim, that Mitzorah is really a contraction of Motzi Ra. And because a person spoke badly, Lashon Hara, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu literally steps in and corrects it before it can get any worse. Now this, in order to appreciate it, let's understand. The Torah tells us that Tzara'as can manifest itself in one of three ways, either on the body or on the clothing or on the house. Now regarding these last two, the, um, on the clothing, we're not talking about a stain, we're talking about a literal 
plague emanating in the fabric of the garden, garment and on the walls of the house. I'm going to read to you the Ramban translated, and this is found in Sazria, chapter 13, Pasuk 47. Take a look at this Ramban. It is so fundamental to our appreciating these two parashios. Says the Ramban on the Pasuk, when there shall be a tzora'as affliction on a garment, says the Ramban, this is not natural at all and does not exist in the natural world. The same is true of houses' afflictions. Rather, the Jewish people perfect their ways before Hashem when we are living in Eretz Yisrael. Says the Ramban, the Spirit of the Lord rests upon them constantly to keep their bodies clothing and houses looking good. However, when one of them sins, an ugliness, or what we call a disease, arises on his body, clothing, or house, to show that Hashem has left him. Therefore, the verse says, Venosati, Venosati, my words I'm emphasizing, God says, I will place on a house in the land of your possession, for it is a divine plague upon that house. And behold, this applies only in the land which is Hashem's portion, only in the land of Israel, as it says, when you come into the land of Canaan that I give you. The reason for this is not because this mitzvah is a land-oriented obligation, such as truma, which means that the very grain that grows in the land of Israel has a certain sanctity. No, this has nothing to do with peyah, leaving a corner of your field to the poor, which you don't have to do outside of Israel. Rather, here goes. It is because this disease will occur only in the, occur only in the chosen land where the eminent Lord dwells. And Chazal further teach in Torah's Kohanim that houses can become impure with Sora'as only after the Jews conquer and divide the land and everyone recognizes his own portion. The reason being because then their minds are settled enough to recognize Hashem and the Shekhinah will dwell in their midst. I also believe that clothing afflictions apply only in the land. The Torah did not need to exclude Chutzla'aras from these type of afflictions because they never appear there. Amazing. What you have in these two parshios are what I like to call Yisurin Shel Ahava. What does that mean? That these are afflictions of love because God has a very special personal relationship with each and every individual in Eretz Yisrael and therefore commensurate with their own spiritual development and closeness to Hashem, like somebody in a parade. If somebody steps out of line, well, immediately the director of the parade will correct them. Hashem, too, immediately sets in, doing that person a great favor, and that way keeping them in check and not allowing them to stray off the path. So what comes out of Parshios, Sazria Mitzorah, is woe. So much that we cannot understand. 
so much, which is what you want to call easy, metaphysical, mystical, beneath the surface, but it shows one thing. One, that Hashem runs the world. Two, the specialness of Eretz Yisrael. And if you think about it, it's important every once in a while to pause and connect ourselves to Eretz Yisrael. Take something simple as Birkas HaMazon. Do you stop and pause, especially now that we have a little bit more time? And certainly on Shabbos when you have to wash. But if during the week and you are having a sandwich, you're eating bread, your first paragraph was, thank you Hashem for the tuna sandwich. Wonderful. What's your next paragraph? You thought you're finished. No, you're not. No, Hashem We give thanks to you, Hashem. For what? Eretz Chemda Tovar Chava. Thanking you for the special gift of Eretz Yisrael. Excuse me. What does Eretz Yisrael have to do with the tuna sandwich that I ate? And I think it's not a good question. I think it's a very good question. And I'd like to suggest an answer. And one answer to that question is that we should realize, ooh, that Eretz Yisrael is the tsinor, is the channel, is the source of blessing. And that which we have blessing in our lives today, that which we have, the grain. Don't tell me that the bread and the grain, the wheat, didn't grow in Eretz Yisrael. It might have grown, you know, in Iowa. No, no. It all comes from the bracha of Eretz Yisrael. And this is something, again, which is most significant and most important. I want to share with you another Ramban. This Ramban is found in Parshas Vayera. And Ramban is explaining why Hashem destroyed Stom the Amora. And he says so powerfully, Veda, and this is in chapter 19 of Horatius, Pesach 5, you want to know why Hashem destroyed Stom and Amora? It's because of <clears throat> the specialty of the land of Israel, which cannot, this is the inheritance <clears throat> of God, God's land. This land has its own character. The character of Eretz Yisrael is different. It just does not tolerate the immorality. It does not tolerate the idolatry. And therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, this land had to be destroyed. And therefore, he concludes, the other nations who were contemporaries of Sodom, and God did not do this to them. It was all because of the greatness of Eretz Yisrael. Kisham Hechal Hashem. There, this is the uh, nothing less than the domain and the literally the kingdom of Hashem. And that's why he destroyed Sodom. We are today, unfortunately, locked out of our Bate Knesios. And we know what that means. We know that we can't say Amen Yeheshmei Rabba. Uh, we can't say Kedusha. We can't have Kriya Torah. We can't, we can't have a double Shebe Kedusha. But I want to suggest one other factor. There's a very fascinating Gemara in 
Brachos Davches Amir Aleph, whereby Rabbi Yochanan was told, I want you to know, Ches Amir Aleph, the Gemara says, they told Rabbi Yochanan, that there were elderly people in Bavel. So he, oh, yeah, yeah, how could that be? After all, the Pasuk says, as we say at the end of the second paragraph of the Shema every day, come on, on the land, right? On the land, referring to the land of Israel. And the inference is, not in Chutzlaretz. So how could there be people? Ah, oh, they told him. Kivan de Amrile, Mekadme umechashche lebe knishta. They told Rabbi Yochanan that there are people that get up early to go to shul and people that stay late. Rashi says on the word mechashche that, listen carefully, ma'arichin beves hakneses. It's not that they go to the shul, but they spend time there. Namely, they're not saying Elenu halfway out the door. The idea is that they're attached to the Beis HaKnesses. Whoa! Says Rabbi Yochanan, this is what gives them the longevity. I have to read you one line from the Marsha on that Gemara. Because this line is so powerful. Says the Ram Marsha, what does that mean? Hainu taima de Beiknishta de Bavel, the synagogues outside of Israel, havalei ke'ilu heim al adama. It's as if they are literally in Eretz Yisrael. When you walk into your local synagogue, wherever you are, where are you walking into? That's right. You're walking into Eretz Yisrael. Because the Gemara in Megillah 29a tells us that in the future, the Batek Nesios that we have in Chutzla Eretz are going to be transported and transplanted to Eretz Yisrael. So you know what else we're missing these days? We're missing part of Eretz Yisrael. They say in the name of the Grah, when he finished davening, you know what he did? He walked Dalit Amos in his Beis HaKnesses. Why did he walk six feet in his Beis HaKnesses? He did so because I am walking six feet in Eretz Yisrael. Well, what can I tell you? This is exceedingly powerful. Our golos that we are in and unfortunately didn't appreciate enough because what are we missing here? What's wrong? We've got everything. The end of the parasha talks about Taras HaMishpacha. We have mikvaos. We have Erevin. We've got it all. We've got kosher Chinese food. What else do we need? We need, I believe, to be reminded that we're not yet there by a long shot. Those of us who are still not yet home in Eretz Yisrael, that's got to be the focus. Finally, there's Eretz Yisrael and the Adama of Eretz Yisrael. Forgive me for hitting a little bit below the belt, but what do we do for those that are buried in Chutzla Eretz? The minog of the Hevra Kadisha is to put some of the earth of Eretz Yisrael into the Oron, and we're buried with that earth as well. Let's enjoy it while we are alive. Let's get back, I pray, with all of you very soon 
into the Bate Kinesios and let our appreciation and love for Eris Yisrael become all the stronger as a result of these parshios of Sazria and Mitzorah. Shabbat Shalom to all. Thank you very much, Rabbi Yudin. Again, I remind everybody that today the presentation uh, by Rabbi Yudin about Parshios, Tazria, and Mitzorah was done in memory of Chaya Bela Bat Yeshayahu Yaakov, whose first yard site is tonight. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Yom Shekul 
J.M. in the A.M. Shabbos and Gilo done by Alev Tahar Lachadodi before that with the Moshav Band here at J.M. in the A.M. I want to thank you for tuning in and thank you for making this another great week for us. Don't forget we have another amazing week coming up. Tuesday is Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. Wednesday is Yom HaTzma'ut, Israel Independence Day. And I hope that you'll participate with us in the big celebration. Hey, why not? Why not participate with us? Uh, Mayor Weingarten and I are actually we're going to meet right after the show by uh, telephone and try to figure it all out for Tuesday and Wednesday. There's Ratashim. Um, don't forget, you could really support us and keep us going during these difficult times, and I greatly appreciate it. We have donations coming in, and big and small, and I thank you. Uh, it's a perfect opportunity to commemorate the yard site of somebody uh, if they are, uh, if normally you would be saying Kaddish. And even if you're setting someone else up to say Kaddish, still, if you yourself would like to do something, uh, f- consider sponsoring Rabbi Goldwasser's Words of Torah, Rabbi Yudin's Words of Torah in uh, commemoration of a yard site. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and just go to Sponsorship Opportunities. FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. More coming up, Rosh Chodesh Friday at JM in the AM. i 
Derek Achim with Lachad O.D. here at JMN. By the way, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman is going to start at 9.30 Eastern Time, a half hour from now, because it's a 30-minute show this week. So 9.30 Eastern Time, Naomi will be coming up with uh, Table for Two. Donnie Schwartz of Passover Listings is going to be her guest. It is a brand-new show. And then at 10 o'clock, Mark Zomik takes over with the Erev Shabbos show, sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Say good job, cause all your work is done. I'm gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light, singing songs of Shabbos, well into the night, so throw away your hammer, there's nothing left to do. Oh. 
Achenu Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week for us here at JMNAM. Have a wonderful Shabbos and great Rosh Chodesh, everybody. Uh, great programming over the weekend, as you know. Naomi's going to start at 9.30 with her brand new show, 9.30 until 10 o'clock. Mark Zomik with the Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, is going to be at 10 a.m. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Sigal with Avrami, Matis and JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday morning live. And we're here Monday at 6 a.m. Don't forget, Tuesday, Yom Hazikaron, Israel Memorial Day. Wednesday, Yom Atzmud, Israel's 72nd birthday. Celebrate with us. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend until Monday morning. Alchem Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.